first got into magic back when I was about seven, and it was actually the school book club came round with the wee uh, brochure, pick out your favourite book, fill in with a lot of form. I ordered a magic book, which showed you a lot of kind of basic simple tricks, and then I got my first magic kit that Christmas, uh, with my Christmas money from Woolworths. In the 1970s, I worked for Utram and Company, who were the publishers of the Herald and Times. And one lunchtime, I was uh, round in Howard Street. There were brass plates outside, a close, advertising the names of the companies in the close. And one of them said, magic tricks and novelties. So, you know, once a month, uh, shortly after payday, I would uh, mosey around to uh, this, the, this particular shop, three stairs up a tenement, and uh, bought magic tricks. My first experience of magic was about two years ago when I watched a programme called Penn and Teller Fullers, which was on TV, and I saw a man named Daniel Madison doing a trick where he blindfolded himself, took a shuffle, borrowed deck cards, and peeled a royal flush from it, and... From that day on, I've just kind of let studying sleight of hand and magic kind of take over my life. My name is Ross McRae, and I am a amateur magician. But don't be fooled by the word amateur. I've now developed my skills to an award-winning level. This has now made me desperate to get a paid gig. So I decided to chat with magicians who have a range of experience, and I hope to work it for myself what it takes and if they have a magical life. When you get into magic, there's a lot of avenues you can go down. There's children's entertainers, close-up magicians, grand illusionists. Trust me, there's loads. Graham White is a very experienced magician and entertainer. This is him explaining what he does. I have two names. My my real name is Graham White. And as Graham White, I am a mentalist, a comedy mentalist. Uh, but I do have an alter ego, and I am the UK's official Silly Billy. Uh, I'm a children's entertainer, and Silly Billy is my equity-registered stage name. I uh, went to university and I trained as a teacher, and I had a, a, an entertaining background. I actually studied drama uh, at uni. So I had a performing uh, background, and I include that in the broadest sense, you know, entertainment. And um, I, I really brought the two together, you know, a bit of magic, a bit of um, uh, background in entertainment and, um, of course, my teaching skills. And I started doing uh, children's entertaining semi-professionally. I was just doing this at the weekend. It brought in some extra cash, not a lot, but the cash uh, helped towards buying children's tricks. A lot of what you do is prop-based and, if you like, the, the trick is, is in the prop. So what I was able to do was to draw on my experience and knowledge and education to come up with, develop, write and produce uh, children's shows. I've chosen the ones that might be called the chalk and cheese, uh, the chalk being, you know, the children's entertaining. And uh, at the other end, um, I, I do mentalism. And I have drawn on uh, my experience of being a hidden persuader. I was a, a creative director. I was also a copywriter. And, and I'd drawn on uh, my marketing background uh, to create a show where uh, I can uh, predict with some degree of accuracy how people will behave in a certain situation. So sometimes it's called a mind reader. I, I don't like the phrase mind reader because I'm not really a mind reader. But I do know that if I am able to put people in a particular situation, I can do it with a bit of humour and a bit of comedy, then I can with a degree of accuracy predict how they're going to behave. 
so that's how I do my second show. And the second show is normally done to uh, corporate organisations. Magician Chris Whelan started a year ago. I thought it's, it's about time that I started doing something with it. Um, so I was taking any opportunity that I could to perform magic for people, but it's a bit difficult when you know, you've, you've got no excuse. And I thought, well, go, going out and getting paid gigs, it wasn't really about the money, it's more about I would then have a captive audience. About 95% of the magic that I do involves a, a huge amount of a sleight of hand and um, traditional misdirection and uh, yeah, just knuckle busting, finger popping stuff. A common thing is for magicians to begin performing at a semi-professional level. Magician George Spears is a great example of this. He works at Hamley's Toy Shop, and when he's not doing that, he goes out and performs magic. Balancing work and magic presents its own challenges. I perform a whole range of magic tricks, from close-up magic to stage magic, from kids' magic to adult entertainment as well, and do a lot of cabaret shows in my spare time. It is really difficult to kind of balance uh, shows and uh, that along with work here in Hamley's. Um, it's some full time in Hamley's working five days a week out, out of seven. Um, Any time I get a booking, I've got to basically get the date from the person. I've then got to go to Hamley's and see if I can actually get that date off before I can then go back to the client and say, yes, I'm able to get that date off, or no, I'm not able to get it off. If I'm not, uh, I do try and find uh, another um, like friend, another magician, uh, to cover the booking for me, but it is difficult. Usually Hamley's is quite legion with uh, basically giving me days off. I would love to become a full-time magician at the moment, it's just the costs and the size of the tricks and just basically making sure that I've got enough money from doing uh, these shows and performances and gigs to actually cover the the basic bills and keep a roof over my head and food on the plate. At the moment that's really what Hamleys does for me and the magic's just a kind of thing that's just building on the side to hopefully um, go into at a later stage. Other jobs aside, no matter what type of performer you are, you will always face challenges you have to overcome. Here's a sample of some of the challenges magicians face today. I don't do any kids' magic or anything. All, all of my stuff is pretty much strictly for adults. To say the, the youngest kind of show I would do with the people in attendance was about 16. Challenges that I faced was when, when I went under magician, I, I, every, every email, every text I got was, can you do my four-year-old birthday party? And I've, I did a few of them and it just felt like I was a glorified babysitter, to be honest. The adults would disappear and I'm, I'm trying to do my ace assembly to four-year-olds. So about three months ago, I got really sick of that and I started going under a slight hand artist instead of magician. I toyed with the idea of putting on my adverts and stuff. Please note, I don't do children's parties, but I felt like that would, that would seem a bit rude and a bit aggressive. So I thought, if I make it slight of hand artist, that will make it pretty clear to people that I don't really do kids' parties while not being rude at the same time. One of the, the gigs, one of the venues I tend to do is a cabaret show, the riding rooms, uh, and they are, uh, the shows are always quite late. They're really there just to have drinks and that, and the, the entertainment's just a kind of side thing. Um, you, your audience is really drunk at the time when the show starts, so it has to be quite kind of visual and nothing that they have to think about, so I find myself kind of even though it's a different audience every week, um, it's the same kind of routine, it's the same sort of tricks I'm performing every time and I just kind of get a little tired of it at times. There's a lot of my colleagues, especially children's entertainers, who say they have a huge problem 
uh, dealing with children in terms of their discipline, their behaviour, uh, managing to control them. I- I've never had a problem with that, but maybe that's, that goes back to my uh, background as a teacher. I've never had a challenge in doing the shows. Uh, the challenge is in getting a show in the first place, you know, is about, you know, generating business. Um, so, you, you you know, you have to get yourself fairly well known. Quite often that starts from a very humble start of just doing magic whenever, wherever, and uh, gaining a little reputation for yourself. But no, I, I think that the main challenge is generating the business. But I don't have a problem doing the shows themselves. As Graham was explaining, the biggest challenge is getting a show in the first place. This is how his first show came about, and how the other magicians featured in this programme got theirs. My first show arose out of doing some tricks down the local pub, because they said, look, we want to have a children's party this year, and, uh, you know, we've got one guy, he can bring in some music, and there's another guy, he can play games with them. And they said to me, having seen me do magic tricks in the pub, they said, can you do some children's tricks? And like a fool, I said... Yeah, sure, without even thinking about it. And then I said, how long do you want me to perform for? And they said, oh, you know, maybe an hour. And I said, sure. And in my mind, I was thinking, and that seemed to me like a summer season at Blackpool. An hour's worth of magic for children. So I had to go off and, and jump in at the deep end and buy a number of tricks to supplement the ones that I already have. And uh, the first show that I ever did, it lasted an hour, and I think I did something like 19 tricks in one hour. Uh, there was hardly any presentation skill at all. It was purely doing magic tricks, and then moving on from one magic trick to another magic trick. Uh, to give you a comparison, now when I do a one-hour magic show for children, I probably do maybe about five or six tricks, because the tricks themselves have a lot of humour and presentation built into them and you have ones that fly up your nose and ones that collapse and lots of fun and laughter but that very first show just seemed like a summer season at Blackpool. The first time I was actually booked to perform I was working as an outdoor instructor at the time but I was showing the kids I was at the outdoor centre a few little magic tricks which led, led to doing shows and it was actually after one of the weeks the teacher came up to me on the the Friday before they left and asked if I'd be interested in doing a Christmas show at their school for the the special needs department. Um, That was my first ever show really and I didn't know exactly what to do for it or how to put it together but they said like anything would work fine so I went off down to school, uh, performed the tricks that I had and it went down an absolute storm, it was great. first gig that I got booked for was an event for a charity in the West End. They had just bought an old house sort of tiny little house and renovated it into an office and they were having a kind of opening night it was a, a charity for people that suffer from eating disorders and it went okay I just panicked about it before it uh, getting my set done because it wasn't walk around it was sort of a kind of show environment but everyone was quite close to me so it meant that they could all see what I was doing and I just everything, all the tricks went okay so um, yeah it was a bit nerve wracking but I, I did okay in the end One of the best ways to overcome other challenges and grow as a magician and performer is to join your local magic club here's why A lot of people and I see it in Facebook discussion groups for magicians all the time a lot of people think that magic groups are really outdated and they're no use I, th- I think they are outdated to a certain extent a lot of them are outdated but it's also a good place to go and practice performing I think any opportunity if you're if you're an amateur or working magician any any opportunity you get to perform something you should do it 
and um, they always say to me there, if you're going to try something and mess something up, here's the place to do it. I wanted to enter a competition known as Sam's and I was told that the only way to enter Sam's, especially on the competition level, is to actually be a member of a club. So um, it was a choice between uh, Glasgow and Paisley and the Glasgow uh, clashes with my other events helping out with scouts. So. Paisley was a club for me. The main benefit of being uh, in a magic club, and it's the same with any club or organisation, uh, any interest or hobby you have, you get to meet people with uh, a like mind, people who uh, share with you the same interest that you do, and it means that you can you know, call in their knowledge and their expertise. To make it as a magician, you have to work hard. If you want to do it, you have to have the drive and be extremely motivated. I constantly see new tricks and always like purchasing new stuff and want to show them off and things like that. To conclude this programme, here's Chris and Graham with some advice for new magicians such as me. Be ready first, definitely be ready, because when I started going out, I, I got my first book in a lot quicker than I thought. I put an advert up, a few adverts up on the internet, and I'm talking about a week later, I got a reply, and I thought, oh, I'll have a bit of time to kind of come up with a show or come up with a walk-around set. Didn't really, so I had to kind of struggle very quickly within a week to get something together. So definitely, before you start doing that, Depending on what you're going to be going for, if you're a stage magician, come up with an act, obviously, I think that's very important, but especially for close-up magicians, we, we do a lot of tricks, but we don't do a lot of routines, so find a way that if you're doing a walk-around gig, you can walk up to a table, and then you know what three or four tricks you're going to do for the next ten minutes, and then you know what your closer is, and you know how to leave. Because you can't just turn up and just jam. You can't just turn up like you do at a magic club and just, just make it up as you go along. You do have to come up with a strict set because you want to get round all those tables and you need a strict time set. You might turn up and find out there's more tables than you thought, so uh, you need to limit your time. So yeah, definitely just figure out what you're going to do beforehand and don't try and make it up as you go along. Six Ps. The first three Ps is practice, practice, practice. You've got to have something to deliver. You have to have a show. So the first thing you have to do is to put your show together and you have to practice. Not only practice the tricks, but practice what you're going to say and how you're going to do it. Um, the second thing that you have to do is another set of three Ps and that's perform, perform, perform. There's no point in uh, buying a magic trick, learning how to do it, sitting in front of the bedroom mirror. If you don't actually go out and perform it, um, magic is a performing art. And you have to go out and perform. It doesn't matter if you don't do it for, if you don't do it for money, right? Even if it's just down the pub with your pals, even if it's in the office, uh, even if it's in the students' union, it doesn't matter where you do it, but you have to perform, perform, perform. And once people see you perform, people will talk about you, particularly if they enjoy the experience. And it's, it's, a, it's a slow drip. You, you, no one becomes a star overnight. Uh, no, no one becomes a, a well-paid entertainer overnight. You have to really start at, you know, ground zero and work your way up. And the best way to do it is to practice, practice, practice and perform, perform, perform.